Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. We've been doing a series called Victorious Warfare. And and last two weeks actually I was on a I was on a topic called Solutions Focused Warfare. Okay? Recently I did I did one called Focus on What You Want to Empower. Because we can focus on the negative stuff and and see the problem. And if we drill into that thing, all we're really doing is is connecting with problems. But, but being problems focused doesn't do anything except help us diagnose things. But, but we want to be solutions focused, which means to lift our eyes above the problem and find out what God has for that and see what he's doing so that we can partner with him and what he's doing instead of the problem. Amen? So here's some rhetorical questions for you to think about. Where do you tend to aim your focus? Where, where do you tend to aim your faith? All right? Faith is intentional, by the way. It, it, it usually doesn't work passively. It's intentional. So it's, it's what you meditate on and what you are choosing to believe is going to happen, okay? What do, you, what do you tend to do to aim your focus on the problems or the solutions? Do you tend to focus more on failure or growth opportunities? All right. Do you tend to focus more on obstacles or the breakthrough opportunities? Okay. Do you tend to focus more on the devil and his works or God and his works? All right. Because we have plenty of opportunities to look at the problems all around us, to look at the devil and what he's doing all around us, but how many of you guys know that that's getting us nowhere, focusing on that, all right? And I want to remind us that as, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, who have been born again of the Spirit, who have been crucified with Jesus Christ, it's no longer your old sinful nature that lives anymore, but it's Christ who lives in you. Hallelujah. <laughs> because we're those people, we need to understand that we fight from victory, not for victory. Okay? Jesus has already done the, the biggest job that is needed to be done to crush Satan. All right? He's, as a matter of fact, he's already seated us in his heavenly places in Christ. Already ascended within Christ above every principality and power and dominion. I've been talking about this on repeat. Some people might wonder, like, why do you keep saying these same things? We've already got it. Checklist. Oh, okay. I, I know for me, i got to keep hearing it and rehearsing it because I'm renewing my mind. I'm, uh, even, even from one week to the next, some horrible resistance could come against me and cause me to forget to, to keep my mind on that thing. i got to keep remembering. I'm in Christ, and I've been raised in Christ, and he was raised above every principality and power and dominion. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So we fight from victory, not for victory. Often we might think we're fighting for victory because we're not paying attention to the fact that Jesus has already died and conquered Satan and death and given us victory and abundant life. And so it's where you believe that you are is what you're going to experience, okay? If you believe that you're not free, then you're going to try really hard to fight for victory, okay? But he who the Son set free is free indeed. So what do you believe? Do you believe that your experience is your truth? And that, uh, do you believe that everything that's around you is telling you you're not free? Are you going to believe that's your truth? Are you going to believe that the Son of God set you free and you're free indeed? Okay? We, here's another thing I want to remind you of. That we according to our belief, okay, we are on the offense, not on the defense, okay? We carry the ball, if you will, 
or, or we're on the, on the military side, we're on the side that's actually winning. Come on. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right? I also want to remind us that Jesus did not go about doing all his good works and bringing the kingdom of God into our midst. And, and he didn't do that focusing on the devil. All right? Yeah, he cast out devils. He didn't come and focus on the devil. All right? What did Jesus focus on? He did only what he saw his father doing. So is he focusing on the devil or is he focusing on his father? His father. All right? So what we focus on is what we empower. What we focus on and meditate on is what we give influence in our lives, okay? I've been talking about this for a while. We in the body of Christ, historically, I would say that we are in a war season, all right? In a lot of ways, we're in a war season because the enemy is definitely trying to bring an assault and a resistance against the mission of the church of God, Jesus Christ, okay? And, and I've been talking about this because he knows that there is the, the last days outpouring and revival. We don't know when Jesus is coming back, but we know that, that God is only planning on increasing the power and magnitude of his manifest kingdom in our midst and to, and to bring a, a, a revival and a harvest of souls like this world has never seen before. All right, And that scares Satan, makes him shake in his boots. So anything he can try to do to bring resistance against the people who are more than conquerors through him who lives inside of them, all right? The more you can get us to lower our belief in who we are in Jesus Christ, the more he knows that he, he's gaining a little traction. If he can get us to not elevate but demote our ideas of who we are, then, then we're losing our ground, our strength. But we need to remember who we are, right? Right? All right, so we're in a war season, but, but there, are, there are victorious, sorry, victorious approaches to the war, all right? We don't have to approach a war thinking we're victims. We don't have to approach the war thinking that we're on the defense, all right? We don't have to approach the war thinking that we're fighting for victory. Guess what? How much better does it get than you're already seated in heavenly places in Christ, what, what else can he do to you <laughs> if you're already there? Huh? <laughs> All right. We, we also need to understand that God's armies are not ultimately created for war. Okay? The war is not the goal. Okay? The, the, he created his armies for the purpose of crushing all obstacles to the establishing of his kingdom of peace. A couple weeks ago, I talked to you about how God put David on this earth as a warrior. But he actually brought him here to crush all the demonic resistance against the kingdom of God that God was trying to make that place into the promised land so that he could bring in another generation uh, under the reign of Solomon, which is the king of peace. All right. So the war was not for the purpose of war. It's for the purpose of clearing out all resistance against God's mission so he can actually uh, bring and establish a kingdom of peace. All right? So war is not the goal. It's just a means to an end. You guys get that? We, we need to be people who make way, sorry, we need to make straight the ways of the Lord. So, so just like John the Baptist was sent before Jesus to bring the mountains low and bring the valleys high and the crooked ways straight. The, the whole point of our part of spiritual warfare, it's not so we can get in demons' faces and just focus on the devil. It's actually for the purpose of, of creating, uh, breaking through obstacles, breaking through resistance that will make it a place where God can bring his kingdom and establish it. To bring great victory, great freedom, great peace. Hallelujah. So what does war do? It actually, it, it clears out the resistance. It clears out the pathways so the kingdom can come and be established. So yeah, there's a fight, but we're the winners. All right? All right. Here's some more rhetorical questions for you. 
That, that means process it, right? <laughs> what, what problems are you focusing on in your life that you actually can shift the problem towards God's solution? Give it a little power pause so you can actually think about that. What, what it, what's in your life that feels like problems or around your life? What feels like problems that God actually has a solution for and that you can partner with his, his solution and shift that thing? Okay? What problems are in the world? Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. But what problems are in the world that you who are seated in the heavenly places can actually release the, sh the solutions to where the problem is? Doesn't mean you're going to be the person who physically goes and fixes it all, but guess what? You actually have the power from heaven to release the virtues of heaven into this world. Okay? What are the, here, here's another one. This is primarily for those of you who are called to overflow church. But if you're called to another church, you can ask God the same question for there. What are the gaps between where things are at right now and where God is taking overflow that you can pray in the solutions? All right? So think about, like, like the, what is God's vision? What's his prophetic promises? What are the things before us that, that we're not seeing yet? We can be praying those things in. If, if we see gaps and, and we know that God's going to need to fill that gap in order for X, Y, and Z to happen down the road, are you, are you praying those things in? I am. One example would be healings and miracles. We're seeing some, but we know that God wants to do a heck of a lot more than that. Right? And so, what, you know, the, the problem Maybe that we're not seeing the things what, like we want to yet, all right? But what's the solution? Well, here's, here's a perspective. There's a storehouse in heaven. A lot of people have actually had encounters where they've gone to heaven and seen this, but, but we can, I can tell you scripturally how it's true. Even, you know, they talk about seeing warehouses. I, I can't say warehouses in the Bible, but, but where it talks about warehouses full of body parts, that God has already prepared to release to people on this earth so that they can be healed. And that it's already prepared there. All right? And it's like miracles in waiting. So if we could see, if we can see that God has already prepared all things for every need that might ever be on this earth, we can we can look into heaven by faith. We can look into it and believe God's already done this. And, and I can release that. I can, I can call those things forth. I can lay claim to the things that God's already done and call those things forth. All right? My, the title of this message is called Intercession, an Offensive Weapon. All right? I want to talk about intercession. It's an offensive weapon. I don't mean like it makes people offended. Although, it is offensive to the devil, but offensive as in we're on the offense, not on the defense, right? Intercession is a powerful weapon. And I also want to say, everybody, men especially, intercession is not a woman's calling, as many men might think it is, all right? And it's also young people, it's not the older people's calling, all right? It's actually a right, and it's a, it's a, it's an, it's a, there's a badge of authority from heaven. Intercession is, is being a delegate of heaven and, and taking the authority of all that God has already accomplished and being a conduit through prayer and, and declaration and belief that we actually are, are his gateways from heaven into earth and that we, we're releasing things through prayer and intercessions, all right? It's good stuff. I want to say a few things about intercessors. Uh, inter intercessors are highly needed, okay? There, we all need to be intercessors. 
There are some people who feel a special calling to intercession, and maybe there's a special anointing on that for that to be a primary focus, and, and that's highly needed as well. Many intercessors are some of the most powerful people you might ever meet if you get a chance just to have a conversation with them, all right? Because they spend time in his presence. There's no better place to be. Amen? Unfortunately, a lot of intercessors might also be some of the most miserable people. <laughs> Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> and, and the reason is not because they're not significant, but a lot of people don't know how to manage themselves well according to the finished work of the cross in their intercession. And so a lot of times people pick up burdens and carry the weight of the world or carry the weight of the other people and uh, almost like own the problem for the other person on behalf of them. And, and guess what? Jesus actually never called us to do that part. And that, that's why a lot of times people tend to be under grief and under oppression or, or, or just burdens when they're praying a lot for people. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. But we don't need to carry unnecessary burdens, okay? How you guys doing this morning? Awesome. So Bill Johnson's wife, Benny Johnson, the two of them are the primary leaders of Bethel and the Bethel movement, and she actually wrote a book called The Happy Intercessor, all right, The Happy Intercessor. It almost would sound paradigm-like for some people, because you can be an intercessor and do it with joy, all right? How many of you have ever heard of that book before? How many of you ever read that book before? Few of you. All right. Wow, just about three. I highly recommend Benny Johnson, The Happy Intercessor, all right? And she, she, she teaches how to do prophetic intercession, New Covenant style, because we can do Christianity Old Covenant style and not even realize it a lot of times, which is, can be by works and by, by self-strength, all right? But, but when you learn how to do it New Covenant style, you learn how to do it united with Jesus Christ in, in His presence, in His grace, okay? And so she, she will talk a lot about Something that, that you hear us talk about a lot here, that's Ephesians 2 sick, 6, not too sick. Fe Ephesians is not too sick, all right? Six. Ephesians 2 6. Oh, the good kind of sick. Yeah, that's sick, dude. <laughs> it, it, I, I already said this first, but it says that God raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Seated in heavenly places. Let me pause and just make a declaration. The, the, the Holy Spirit is going to be releasing upon us increased revelation from the Spirit of God to unlock our eyesight in the Spirit to the realities of what it is to be seated in the heavenly places. And I want to tell you that the more that the Holy Spirit reveals that truth to you, the more you will encounter heaven, and God's glory, all right, because it's by Jesus, not by you, but you're in him, and he's there, if you're in him and he's there, then you're there, <laughs> right, and, and so in intercession coming from the place of being seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus, where we, we get to abide in his presence, we get to abide in in the Holy of Holies, the true one in heaven. Whoa. Where, where your, your starting point is actually encountering God and His glory. I don't know about you, but to me there's nothing more important than that. Your starting point, if you can unlock your belief in this reality, your starting point is seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Whoa. That's crazy. That you get to actually be seated. That's the source of your life. Being seated in Christ. The right hand of God. Alright? That, that, that you get to live your life outward from that place. So, so we get to actually pray from heaven to the earth. 
We, we don't have to pray from the earth to heaven. God, way up there, come and please see us in this little distant planet. And, and, and please look a little deeper and look at me and look a little deeper and look at my problem. I, I pray that you'll have mercy on me and don't, I don't want you to go out of your way too far, but please come and help me with my situation. I, I don't deserve it. All right, but but if you would if you wouldn't mind just giving a moment to my to my issue, all right. A lot of people I think pray from that from that perspective, but but we actually can understand that we're seated with Him in heavenly places, and our prayers actually can can be rooted in heaven and shooting out from heaven into the earth. Mm. And we need to understand that, um, that we don't need to be burdened with problems, but instead we can, we can actually be yoked with Jesus and his freedom and the finished work of his cross. That he already, he already did the work. We can be yoked to him and we can minister from that place. You, you actually have the ability, if you would believe it, to, to work and live and minister and pray and do all the spiritual things that you think you need to do, you can literally do it in union with Jesus and from a place of intimacy where you're, where you're being filled fresh constantly and resting in the Sabbath heavenly rest. And, and when you do works, you don't have to actually break from that and, and rest and then work hard and toil and wear yourself out. But then come back and every once in a while rest again. And then work, toil, and wear yourself out unto the Lord. We can actually be yoked with Jesus and rest in him and be drawing from the life source, the abundant life of Jesus Christ, seated in heavenly places, flowing out into the earth. Constant flow. Hallelujah. Are you guys doing that right now? If you're not, then you, then you maybe unawaringly are dis- disconnected with a spiritual reality right now. All right? All right. <clears throat> I'm going to proceed in faith right now that you guys are pulling this in in a deep place. We need to live our lives from the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. All right? He died on the cross to set us free from chains and shackles and sins and prisons and anything that could easily entangle us or hold us down. Jesus died on the cross to break every single thing. Amen? And so John 8.36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Okay? Okay? And John 8.32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You are as free as you believe that you are. You are as free as you believe you are. And we need to live in our freedom so that we can minister freedom to the world. So we, we want to we live in our freedom so we can minister from freedom. Okay? Jesus wants us to minister and to pray from radical victory so we can bring others into radical victory. We need to, we need to be praying. We, we, instead, instead of praying against problems, we need to be praying for solutions. All right? So Benny Johnson, you know, as she's training a whole group of intercessors and, and teaching, uh, teaching them, teaching us how to, how to live abiding in his presence and drawing in the glory and, and breathing in freedom. Whew. And living from that place. Uh, living from the overflow. All right? And then she'd take their, her intercessors and they'd go into dark places as God would lead. All right? They would actually literally go into places where, where there's oppression 
and bondage and strongholds. Do you think they went there because they just wanted to get in the devil's face? Or do you think they went there because there was beloveds of God there that was under oppression and needed to be set free? What do you think the focus is? The demonic or the people that God wanted to set free and bring, uh, bring his love and glory to? So, that, so she trained them, you know, and they go to those places not to declare rebukes to the devil, but to shift atmospheres and stir the glory of God from heaven to earth. All right? And 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. So when you bring the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're actually re- releasing something that by, as, a, as a byproduct, as a natural reaction to His presence showing up, freedom happens. Guess what? God believes that you're more powerful than you believe you are. And you'll manifest that power in your life according to how much you can believe it and line your belief up with what he already knows about you. First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. And so Jesus doesn't want us picking up other people's burdens. When we're praying for them, like God, yes, he does want to raise us up and have us get on our knees and pray for people and pray for uh, people groups and pray for nations or whatever needs the breakthrough. He does want us to get on our knees and he wants us to feel his pain in his heart for them, but he doesn't want us to stay under the burden, okay? Because he said, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. So God doesn't want you to stay there because being weighed down, guess what? It's not a mark of spirituality. <laughs> being weighed down is not a mark of spirituality. However, if you stay weighed down, it might be a sign that you're influenced by the wrong spirituality. Okay? Because Jesus said, my burden, my, my burden is light. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right? So he, he wants us to care about the things that are burdens but, and, and to co-labor with him. But he always wants us to release it to him and get it off of us. Because guess what? You're not Jesus. And God didn't raise you up to go to the cross to bear the sins and the weight of the world. Jesus did it. So he wants us to be really good at offloading our burdens to him so that he can take care of it because as long as you're carrying it, it might not get resolved because you think you're going to do it in your own strength. It takes faith to pray into something and then release it to the Lord and let him be the one who finishes it. We're on the offense, not on the defense. All right? We're on the offense, not on the defense. That means we carry the, the superior power. We're, we're, we are manifesting the superior kingdom. Everywhere light goes, darkness flees, right? Are you guys awake this morning? You're chewing, all right. All right, as long as I know you're chewing, we're good. <coughs> there, there's a guy... He's a friend of mine, but he also has been a leader in my life and also Seth's life named named Chuck Perry. He currently is the director of the Bethel Healing Rooms. And he, um, every year, I don't know if he still does this, but every year he would take a team of people to a festival, I think it was in Arizona or Nevada, called The Burning Man. Has anybody ever heard of The Burning Man before? Let me just tell you, it's probably one of the most pagan festivals at least in our nation. And people from around the world go to this thing. And people from different demonic religions and cults go to this thing. And they, and they go and they party for like a week or whatever. And they, they I don't know what all they do, but they, they, they do, I don't, I'm not going to say they do uh, like sacrifices where they kill things. I don't know if they do that. But they definitely do their worship to their gods and whatever, right? And it's, it's, probably like a, it's probably like a Woodstock festival, with, but instead of the music, it's like the devil, right? 
<laughs> so you, you get the point. And so people are camped out all over the place. People are running around naked and whatever. It's just wild. And so, <clears throat> but God <clears throat> actually has called them to go there every year, and they'd set up a booth, and, and they'd rent out this whole area. <coughs> Excuse me. And they didn't go to participate, but what they went to do was to bring the light of Jesus Christ in a really dark place. And they would love on people. <clears throat> and they would look at them past their sin and see a soul that needs Jesus. And they would set up stations and have sign. I forgot what the sign says, but uh, free dream interpretations or f- uh, free, I don't know if they use the word prophecy or not, but uh, like come and get a reading or whatever, or, or physical healings. Like if they didn't say Jesus on the sign, then that all is normal stuff there, right? From the, from the false religions. But they'd go there and they'd release Jesus on people. And people would get delivered from demons. And they'd get healed of sicknesses. And they would, the, the Lord would break down hardness on their outside because the Lord would prophesy to them about who they actually are in God's eyes. It's pretty crazy. And they see all kinds of miracles happen. But it's just amazing because they don't go there to judge the people. They don't go there to focus on the devil. They go there to focus on hearts and to love people well. Where most Christians would never dare to go. Amen? And they, they go there and love people unconditionally and they make space for God to show up and then heaven comes to earth in their midst. And their, their booth gets the longest lines of people waiting for hours to get ministered to by them. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. I remember one time, I've told you guys about my, my little story about how when we first moved to Bethel and I got a prophetic word that we're going to release, we're going to go to some of the darkest places and release worship and strongholds are going to fall. Remember that? And I was all excited because I was all like, I'm going to take demons down. And she was like, no, 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 we're not focusing on the devil Focus on God and bring His presence, and that just happens. And the, that started me on this new journey where the Lord was reframing my perspective on spiritual warfare, that we don't want to be problems-focused, we want to be solutions-focused. We, we don't want to just focus on the demonic, but we want to focus on bringing heaven into the earth. Amen? <clears throat> A few years later after that, um, I got, I got to lead a missions trip to Japan, one of my favorite nations in the world. And uh, we, we got to uh, spend a little time in a city called Nara, Nara, for all us in Indiana, Nara. Nara, Nara Japan. They call it Nara, all right? <laughs> you, guys, you guys need to come in to me a little bit, just engage and give me some courtesy laughs or something. Thanks. Thanks. Nara, Nara, is a, is a right next door to Kyoto, they're twin cities, two of the most ancient cities in Japan, and a couple, a couple weeks ago, I think I'd mentioned to you guys that I'd learned from someone that, people who do spiritual mapping, somebody said that, uh, that Kyoto is like, he, he call it the throne of Satan, if there is a place, he called it that, so Nara is twin cities at that, and they're kind of just kind of all the same. And so I'm like, all right, the, the Lord sent us to Nada, but, but different perspective, right? Because I used to want to go to Kyoto and rebuke the devil and watch him fall like lightning or whatever. <laughs> but but the, sh- the shifting of perspective, and so we got to go to Nara, and we were, um, we were with this church, this small church, that, and they wanted to take us out to this place, and they called it, um, they called it the, gate, the gate of Satan. <laughs> what? The gate of Satan. They wanted to take us there because they wanted us to go there and, and wrestle against demonic principalities and rebuke them. And so they, they actually made us sit there and listen to them for, an, for over an hour on how horrible this place is. And, and just the history of all the demonic stuff that's happened there so that so we could strategize our prayer tactic, right? Because we, we want to hear all the horrible things so we can know how to go and, and, and pray, right? Ha ha. And I was sitting there like, Lord, give me patience to get through this guy's teaching here. Just trying to honor him. 
But after that, he turned it over to me to ask if I wanted to teach anything to, to prep us. I was like, yep. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to focus on the devil. We're going to focus on heaven. And we're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see what God does. That's our training. All right? And so we went there. And... Uh, <laughs> But we, we went there and we took the presence of God with us. And we started walking around this ancient tomb of this, of this ancient ruler that killed all these people in there. And just all this stuff that it's the gateway. You, you uncap that thing and you unleash the hordes of hell into the earth. <laughs> we started walking around that thing and the presence of God fell on us. And we got baptized in the Holy Spirit and the joy of the Lord. And we, like we couldn't hold it back. We started gushing out laughter just in his presence, just laughing, drunk, glory, and, that, and we started releasing God's presence around that place. Just shifting, shifting the atmosphere. I don't know what God did with that, but I know he did with us. He helped us to remember God's more focused on his presence than he, than he is on the devil, all right? Amen? You, de you develop soul ties to what you dwell on. Let me say that one more time. You, dwell, you develop soul ties to what you dwell on. So some Christians have soul ties, unfortunately, to the demonic realm because they focus on it so much. All right? Some people have more demonic manifestations after they become spiritual warriors than before. Why? Because they're focusing on the demonic so much. But, but guess, and guess what? What you focus on, you become a tractor beam too. Faith attracts the spirit realm. Which kingdom do you want to focus on? You guys, you guys hear me? So when we're praying, we need to do it from a place of presence. We can do it from a place of being yoked with Jesus, resting in him, abiding in Christ, being seated in the heavenly places. I, it doesn't matter what's going on in the chaos of the second heaven realm and all the demonic hordes of hell that are, that are influencing nations and cultures and armies and all this different stuff all that stuff that's going on trying to create chaos and destruction in this world and we can come under that stuff or we can remember what our status already is and actually rest in something that God's already given to us in his presence seated in his presence I can I can actually function from an atmosphere of peace when I remember where I already abide in. Everybody say amen. amen. Jesus said, if anybody's weary and heavy laden, let them come to me. Learn from me. Okay? He said, I will give you rest for your soul. Does that mean after you have labored long enough in intercession and wore yourself out in the name of Jesus Christ, and then you can finally come to him and receive rest? No, as a matter of fact, the rest is given to us as we come close to him and receive what he already is, the Prince of Peace. And we can live from that place. Amen? You guys doing all right? We can partner with his joy. The oil of gladness, Hebrews 1 says that he, that Jesus Christ, it's talking about him, says he was, he was anointed with the oil of joy, the oil of gladness, beyond all of his companions. Whoa. Jesus is the happiest person in the world. <laughs> we need to be happy. We need to get saturated in joy and live from that place. Even... Even when we see the problems, like it doesn't mean we don't care about them. It doesn't mean we don't care about the people who are broken and hurting, but we can actually release heaven to them and still maintain joy from a peaceful place. <laughs> Jesus paid the price for their breakthrough. 
It's his burden and responsibility, not yours. So you don't have to carry it. Your responsibility is to release his prayer into the earth. Jesus taught us how to pray. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and Benny Johnson, she, she taught us this stuff. Instead of, instead of busting blood vessels and praying hard enough, look at what the problem is with Jesus, all right? Like observe it with Jesus. What is the problem, Jesus? And, and ask the Lord to reveal to you his solution to the problem and ask the question, what does heaven have? What does heaven have for that situation? What's, what's your solution, Lord? You've already provided it. What's your solution? And when he reveals it, then, then declaring, yes, God, do that. Instead of putting the pressure on yourself to figure out all the solutions and what you know, spiritual mapping or long intercessions, and you got to get this divine revelation or whatever it is. Like, just ask the Lord, what is what's He already done to provide a, an answer to that? Lord, show me, speak to me, whatever whatever way you want to let me know. But when when I see it, my prayer can be, Lord, yes, do that. Instead of forty days of fasting on your knees unless God calls you to. But even that, it's not your labor that, that solves the problem. Jesus already solved it. The whole point is getting us yoked in faith, united with Jesus and what he's already done and laying claim to that and then declaring it out. Okay? We can declare with authority as if we are in heaven, we are, into the earth. So powerful prophetic intercessions is actually getting the heart and the mind of God and from heaven being like a trumpet into the earth. In the spirit realm, you're releasing answers, solutions. God's doing this. God's doing, God do this. Okay? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. There's always so many things I can say. We, God's given us the authority in Christ Jesus as we, as, we, as, as we enjoy our union with Jesus. Okay? He wants us to enjoy union with Jesus. Guess what? He's already the completion of everything you need. You're in union with Jesus. You're in union with the completion of everything you need. And, and living out from that into this earth, that we actually, being seated from heaven, and we come into this earth that's fallen, and it's under, uh, under the influence of the demonic and the second heaven realm. When you show up, you're actually bringing heaven where you're at. And, and you, bring, you bring, in Christ, you bring a breaker anointing when you believe that you're seated in heavenly places and you, everywhere you walk on this earth, you're bringing open heavens. How do you get open heaven realities? Let me tell you. You enjoy the open heaven reality he's already given to you. And then everywhere you go, you, you live in that reality and then you release it. you got to believe that you have the authority in Christ. And you take dominion everywhere you go in the spirit realm. You're taking dominion. You're bringing the reality of the atmosphere of heaven that you're seated in. You walk in this earth and you're, you're emitting presence. Don't be passive. Be proactive. Believe that you carry the, the superior atmosphere. And you can release it outward everywhere you go. And when you're praying for people, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't matter if you're physically there or not. You're doing it from heaven anyway. And you can actually look at people or people groups or nations or whatever from heaven, get an aerial view, and you release that stuff down to it in the name of Jesus. You're releasing answers into problems. Intercession is standing in the gap. Ezekiel 22.30 says, I searched for a man among them who would, who would build up the wall and stand in the gap for me for the land. 
so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. But that's a, that's a prophetic image of what intercession does. I get to go before the Lord and pray on behalf of where there's a gap or there's a problem. I can stand in it in the name of Jesus Christ and declare the, the answers where the gap is. Releasing heaven to fill the gap. Come on. Intercession is a way that we cover one another. We cover one another. Guess what? We know that there's a spiritual warfare going on around us. We can believe, we can, you can just assess this. You got brothers and sisters that probably need prayer about something. They may be getting battered in ways you're not aware of. But intercession can actually get before the Lord and stand in the gap for our brothers and sisters and release God's answers to them. God actually wants us praying for one another. And that when we pray for one another, we're, we're literally releasing substance from heaven into the situation. And we're providing spiritual cover for one another. Spiritual cover that actually shields people from the assaults of the enemy. Pretty important stuff. Job 1.10 says, Have you not made a hedge around him? This is Satan talking to God about Job. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased the land. It's just a picture of that God can create a hedge of protection around people that can actually block Satan's attacks on people. All right? We know the story of Job. Thank God that was a man who didn't have the blood of Jesus. But you and I, we can have the heads of protection at all times if we're aligned with God. But, but we can know that a hedge of protection is actually a way that we can pray for one another, that God will block assaults on people. It takes a lot of humility and compassion and care to spend some of your precious time on your knees praying for your brothers and sisters instead of just for yourself. But guess what? We're the body of Christ, and God's trying to raise us up and to take ground. We need to be covering one another. We need to be covering one another. Amen? Isaiah 54, 17. Here's a solution to problems, right? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. All right? We can actually pray for one another that the weapons formed against each other won't prosper in their lives. The, the, the enemy would shoot arrows, and God would put up a shield of faith around them, and it would make that thing fall to the ground, not even ever touch them. They may not, never even know that the enemy aimed at them. Are you guys okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. I always have more to say than what I have time to say. Here's a solution, all right? Here's a, here's a prayer tactic. With all the things that's going on in the world, and we got, we got Russia and Ukraine going on, all right? And we can pray, we can partner with what God's saying. Isaiah 2, 2 through 4. Actually, I'll just read verse 4. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. All right? This, God's heart, really, is to see that people's hearts will turn away from war and hatred, enmity against each other, and actually choose to turn their weapons into things that are beneficial, like farming tools. All right? So, so we can actually pray into situations. We don't have to pray against things because we don't know all the things, but we can pray solutions into problems, all right? Praise the Lord. It says in, in 1 Corinthians 2 that nobody knows 
The eye, eye can't see, ear can't hear, no mind can perceive the things that God has in store for you. Okay? But it says that God's given us the Spirit who searches all things and knows all things, and God's given us the mind of Christ so that we can understand the things that God has already given to us, okay, that he has in store for us. That's awesome. And we need to ask the Lord to give us insight into what he has already prepared for you because he's already done all of it, what he's prepared for those that you care about, and find out what his solutions are and start praying and declaring and releasing those things into it. All right? <laughs> All right. I, I was <laughs> trying to figure out how to wrap this up because I feel like there's some Shoney's bellies going on in here. All right. Kaya is going put to put some music on. This song, it's going to be an instrumental version of this song. Uh, we put, we've actually played it last week, but it's what does it sound like when heaven comes down? What does it look like when heaven's all around? Okay? What does it feel like? I forgot what the next part is. But the whole point of it, of that song, is coming into the reality that heaven has actually come into our midst and that we need to observe what's here. We, he, he wants us to hear what heaven sounds like. He wants us to see how heaven looks in our, in our midst, okay? <clears throat> Once you guys close your eyes and look at Jesus for a moment. Look at Jesus for a moment. Holy Spirit, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you will engage everybody at the spirit level right now. Spirit level. And, and, and grab a hold of us on all three levels, Lord. Spirit, soul, and body right now. In Jesus' name. Unlock minds. Unlock eyes, Lord. Unlock ears. Because our natural man cannot perceive the things of heaven, but our spirit man can. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now just to release to all of us just a, a sinking up with the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name, the mind of Christ. Just let the Holy Spirit touch you right now at the spirit level. Mind of Christ. And then ask the Lord to, to just give you a, a real time right now revelation, understanding that you're seated in heaven right now. That you're in Christ you're seated in heaven right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you to reveal this to every single person. The revealing that heaven literally is all around you. <laughs> you're seated in Jesus. Wow. In Jesus. Seated in Jesus in heaven, on his throne. Now, in the Spirit, look to your left. The Father. Because you're seated at his right hand. The Father. The Creator. The Glorious One. The one who has created all things. The one who calls things as, that are not as though they are. The, the one who looks into nothing and declares it into existence. And then it comes. The one who has given you authority 
in the name of his son who you sit in. The one who's already created all things, even the things that have not yet come into this earth. The one who has all things in store for you and for everyone else who loves them. Seated in heavenly places. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will intensify this reality. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will release powerful revelation and encounter in the name of Jesus. Encounter is greater than any of us understand. And ask God, as you're seated in heaven, ask God to show you the earth right now and to, and to show you his heart for the people of this earth. And I want you to look at the chaos and the oppression coming from the second heaven level that's oppressing God's beloved. You are seated in heavenly places while standing on this physical earth. You are human, your flesh, your spirit. You're, a, you're an earth walker and a heaven sitter. <laughs> At the same time, you are a literal gateway from heaven to earth. As you're seated in heavenly places and you're standing on this earth, you can be engaged in both realities. You can be a walking portal of open heavens. Whoa. You can be a walking portal of open heavens. And from that reality, you get to declare into the earth what needs to shift to be like heaven and to see the promised revival come forth. So I want you to take a moment and ask God, what is within your reach in heaven that you need to declare into this earth right now that the earth needs? What is that thing? There's going to be millions, but ask him right now the one that's on his mind for you to declare. Because guess what? Your voice, your, your human voice is his voice to this earth right now. The, the audible voice. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And you can actually partner with his truth and declare his truth through scriptures into this earth to release his manifestation into that situation. To release substance of heaven. Now just take a moment and out loud with authority, I want you to speak to that situation and declare what heaven is trying to release into that thing. And just go ahead and just do it on your own, but out loud so that, so that it's released into the atmosphere, not just in your mind. Just declare it out. We're not going one at a time. Just do it and just, just keep declaring until you feel like you've done it. you to declare it as if God was saying it through your mouth. Speak it with boldness and with authority, with great strength, with great faith, believing that your words are actually shifting situation. 
Declare it again if you need to. I, I declare right now, and I'm going to do this from heaven into, into earth. I declare right now in the name of Jesus, the mightiest move of God that we've ever seen right here in Overflow Church. In Jesus' name, I declare a move of God right here in this people. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Lord, I ask you to bless everybody right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Be blessed, everybody.